Welcome to Chosen Generation Ministries with Pastor Paul Morgan. We are a non-denominational, multicultural ministry based in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. CGM helps to develop nurturing, healthy relationships with ourselves, others, and God. We are a conversational church that engages our congregation in an active dialogue that enhances their personal walk with Jesus Christ in all aspects of life. Let's join Pastor Paul. Father, we thank you that we get to worship you. We get to say thank you over and over and over again. We just thank you that you're here. We thank, we, we thank you that you're in us. But I just got to get rid of some of these uh, misunderstandings about God. He never leaves us. You go to sleep, he there. You wake up, he's there. Wherever you go, there he is. There's never a separation between us and God. I don't care what it looks like. He never leaves us. Never is a long time. But he's with us every step that we take, every breath that we breathe, every word that we speak, every thought that we think, he's there. And the easiest part is to lay aside our pride and say, Jesus, help. Help me. I need your help. I can't do it without you. I tried. All the knowledge in the world can't take his place. He is wisdom. So how are we going to get more wisdom? He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. A lot of us have been, been, been abandoned and left. And I'm be honest with some of us have been left for dead. But he's the raiser of the dead. He's the one to put breath in us. So he's the one that will allow us to breathe again. So, God, so guys, I'm just telling you, just like that song say, get up, praise him. You ain't get what you got by yourself. You got what you got because you believed in him. And where you stopped believing, his mercy came in. His grace came in. His anointing came in. And it said, I, I, I don't care what you didn't do. I'm focusing on what you did do. You called on my name. You believed in me. So you don't have to be lonely. He's there. But see, he's the type of God that likes to be invited because he don't want you to turn around and say, he made me do it. He wants you to say, help. Y'all know what help feels like? And I'm not talking about human help. Y'all got to let that thing go. <laughs> see, human help can only do so much, but he supplies the total need. So, Father, we just say thank you. <laughs> we just say thank you. We just say thank you. We're not sold out by what we see. we sold out by who we are in him. So, Father, I thank you that we get to look at our situation through your eyes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have one response. lift my hands and worship him. One response. That's the only response you got. Through the good, through the bad, through the ugly. When people say ugly things about you, you know it's not true. Just lift your hands and worship. Just lift your hands and worship. Just lift your hands and worship. 
It says, I give you permission to go to the points of inception. Inception is where things started. The seed of something. The belief of something. The trauma of something. And last night while I was working on the message, I, I was having challenges with this thing. Challenge, man. I said, uh, you know, it was 90% done. And then I just couldn't get away from it. Just was over and over. Challenge, man. I think I stayed up till about 1 o'clock, and I already had it done. I already sent it to Shell last week. But that point of inception just kept coming up. So the word he gave me was situation depression. And, and I'm over there talking to him. I said, well, everybody's, everybody's spirit is up. Everybody's spirit is up. That song, that song brought it in. It did it. He said, that's the best time for me to come in and deal with issues that need to be discussed. Situational depression. And say, so the thing about situational depression is, it's like this, guys. There are categories of depression. But a situational one is where you're dealing with a situation that you didn't plan for. It could be finances, being laid off a job. It could be a separation. It could be a divorce. It could, could be a child going wild. That's situation. That's, that's just a few of situational depression. So I, I got part one was doing the other part of the service, but, but he said, my presence is here. My glory is here. My ministry is here. So whatever you bring up, I bring healing to it. So today I'm telling you in advance, I don't know what's going to happen, which way it's going to go, but I know one thing. He made it clear that he's here. That he want to deal with situational depression. Whew. I always tell y'all, I say, oh, follow that. What, what did that breath mean? It meant he's good. He's good when it don't look like he's good. He's good when we thought he forgot about us. He wants to come in. He wants to bring healing. I'm just hearing. I'm just hearing it. I'm just listening. To that child that just never did the right thing. Those finances that never seem like they get right. That person that just never says thank you. So, Shell, can you get me to the situation of depression? <laughs> just close your eyes for a second, guys. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I bind that spirit of pride. Because pride says, I won't let other people know what's going on in my life. If I'm talking to you about situational depression, just slip your hands up so I know who I'm dealing with. Appreciate your honesty. Appreciate your honesty. Appreciate your honesty. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you. So I'm going to give you a couple examples of situational depression and, and, and so you can identify yourself because... Uh, there were other people who were supposed to raise their hand, and they didn't. He doesn't hear what you don't acknowledge. Turn to your neighbor. I'm your neighbor. You, you got a neighbor? No, no, she, no, she got neighbors. Turn to your neighbor. 
But find a neighbor, even if you got to get up and get one. Turn to your neighbor. Say, today is my day. I'm not going to lie in church today. I'm going to, to get what I need while it's here. Do you need my help? To go with you if he calls us up? What did your neighbor say? Uh, they didn't say nothing. Your neighbor didn't say nothing. So, okay, now that you got this straight with your neighbor, you, you know, sometimes it just help you to be accountable to somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Because, see, you can be in secret all by yourself, but when you tell somebody else something, uh-oh, they'll remind you, especially your children. <laughs> right, Jazz and Tamika? So, number one, one of the ones is we lose interest in everything around us. There was an area of your life that, that you, your excitement was about. And then you stop being excited about even that. And we got plenty of tissue, so if you need to cry, go ahead and do it. I took a whole, whole box with me back there. We lose interest in everything. Some of us are even known by the things we get excited about. When someone asks you about it, you just look at them. Some of us growl at people when they ask us about, well, what about that goal? What about that excitement? What about such and such? How is that going? That's a sign. Personal relationships in our family. Some of your personal relationships, just, just they're not personal no more. Maybe you were betrayed. Maybe somebody shared something they shouldn't have shared. That you thought it was a secret because you had a relationship with them. Maybe about, what about your family? Just, just, just won't do it right. You got a child. You got one that just keeps acting up. Say acting up. <laughs> I mean, you do everything for them. And they still won't do the right thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yes. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, that's not you, is it? That's not you, is it? Teresa, you think they're going to tell us the truth? Huh? What would they say? Sometimes? What were we here? They say, yes, go with it. God? See, healing already starting to come. Because we be prideful about the children. Because, uh-oh, we want them to be like us. Uh-oh. But God called them to something else. Can we let them be who he called them to? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Loss of energy and motivation. Just don't care no more. Don't want to get up and do it. Don't want to do it. You can even hire people and you won't even make the call. All you got to do is call them. They come and do it. You don't even want to call them. Call back and say, no, nah, that's all right. Loss of energy. I'm not talking to anybody. Not motivated to do anything. But see, you can't talk about this in church. You're not supposed to talk about this in church. Because everybody come to church, they're supposed to be upbeat, excited, thrilled for life. But they're sitting in the port, port. They're sitting in here. They're sitting in churches right now all over the world. And they can't say what they're really feeling. They can't say the hurt that they really feel. They can't say the reason why they stayed in the car a little long because they were waiting on that last tear to drop. See, I see this every day in, in the counseling that I do. One man that I know, he, uh, he said, I can share. So if I ever share something from counseling, I got permission. And I looked at him and I smiled because, you know, I, 
I met him out in the parking lot. You know, manly man. You know what I'm talking about, manly man? You know, they, they, they walk like they're big and they're strong. And when they shake their hand, they try to break it. You know what I'm saying? I have, stre- I have strength. So he came down and he, he, he sat down. And this was our first session. And uh, I knew the questions that, because I always pray for the client before they get there. So the Holy Spirit set up something specifically for you. And uh, I had some questions. But first I tell him, I said, yeah, I noticed you are, you're, um, you're the alpha male. He smiled because, you know, he, I noticed that by the handshake. But no, God told me before you got here. And so by you being the, the alpha male, you hide behind your pain. Because you can't let people know that you have feelings. And he began to sob. And his word was, nobody ever said that to me. He said, but when I sat in this chair, Your peace, he's talking to me, your peace, I felt safe with you. And I opened up and I cried because I haven't cried for years. He said, you bring it out. Now, that was the first five minutes of the session. He didn't even get a chance to pray yet. <laughs> Men deal with depression. Men scared, guys. Because we got to put up the front. Nothing bothers me. (laughs) (laughs) I called my wife in this morning. I said, I need prayer. She said, what's wrong, honey? I said, I'm looking at... Where, where I am and what God is telling me to do but there's so many different um, scenarios that's, that's being brought up you, 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 your messages are, are too long you know I have, uh, I have lesson 5 or lesson, lesson 7 or lesson 10 and you know when you, you hear all the you know because I do different workshops and seminars about pastors and stuff where a lesson shouldn't last but but five five sessions. But what if God want to do six, seven, and eight? <laughs> well, well, you should never be emotional. You know, you say that, you know, you, you, you emotional later on, outside of camera. I say I need prayer because I know what I'm supposed to be teaching on. But it just... When, when I try to do what the sessions you pay for tell you to do, it just, I don't feel right. You know how my wife is. She, she'll smile at you. <laughs> and that smile means multiple things. That smile means we're going to get to the heart of this thing. Don't, don't let that smile fool you. Most of y'all know better than that, right? You think you're oh, you, you, you good to go? So she just told me, she said, Paul, it's time to give some things away. You've never followed others. You've always followed God. Don't be fooled by the numbers. So give it away. I took it out of my heart and gave away all that stuff. See, you can have one thing. Mine was about control. 
Because, you know, you pay to go to workshops. They should know what they're talking about. They got thousands and so forth and so on. I just gave it away. The same smile that walked in was the same smile that left. Now, I'm going to tell you how good God is so you'll get a better understanding. And Teresa, she's pastoral age. She's at the door. Curly just walked out. Reverend came. came. She's in so uh, Teresa said, uh, Pastor, you got a minute to see, see Reverend? I said, sure. When Reverend opened up her mouth, I said, stop right there. Teresa, go get Curly. Because I just finished sharing with Curly, and then, then Reverend came in. Reverend, come on up and read what, what God gave you. One um, morning in early prayer, um, God gave to me recently. Um, we were praying for pastor, and I had just said, from now on when we pray for pastor, and I pass this on to everybody, when you pray for him, pray in the spirit. Don't pray in natural because, you know, the enemy knows what you're praying. Because what God is doing in pastor is very similar to, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, and he said, I have come to set the captives free. That's what pastor's ministry is. So we definitely need to not just, you know, we do early morning prayers on Wednesdays, but we need to be praying all during the week for him and holding him up, you know, like Aaron in here, we're holding up each other's arms. But the gist of this, um, what was given to me was that. Pastor has the same similar ministry that Jesus had when he walked the earth. And that is the set the captives free. Haven't we been set free? So that is his ministry, and we need to hold him up at all times, you know, even during the day, um, during the day, during the week, during your work, wherever you are, and you hear the Holy Spirit say, pray for pastor. That's that's what I do during the week when I'm walking sometime or whenever. Pray for pastor. I don't know why, but I don't need to know why. The Holy Spirit knows, and he'll pray it through me. As I, um, I'm sorry. One more, one more thing. So I told the um, prayer warriors, we're going to kick it up. <laughs> Thank you. So that's why certain workshops didn't work for me because I was called to do something different. Got it? But that's my boarded out. Guys, I'm just telling you, just make yourself accountable to somebody. That you can trust somebody that you believe has your best interest in mind. And the way you can tell that is when things happen to you that are good, they are excited for you. If they're not excited for you, you get you picking the wrong person to, to help, help you stand. You focus on past mistakes. That's another form of situational depression. You focus on the past mistakes. You don't forgive yourself. And this is intense, this part, because I've told you about forgiving others, but with this situa situational depression, you don't forgive yourself. You made a mistake. You missed it. You messed up. You'll forgive others a lot quicker than you'll forgive yourself because you keep saying, well, I should have known better. Okay. You should have known better. But you didn't do it. 
So forgive yourself. <laughs> Y'all got it? And I mean, don't be short-circuited with it either. You know, it's like when, when you forgive others, you go long-winded. When you forgive yourself, you go short-winded. I forgive myself in Jesus' name. Come on. What'd that do? What did that do? <laughs> Unusual anger or irritation. Can't say nothing to you. Can't say nothing to them. You watched your tone. You prayed and asked God how to approach a person. And it's still. <laughs> yeah. They go to bed angry. They wake up angry. And whatever you think while you sleep, it gets engrafted, ingrained, and buried alive. Because it's hoping that you won't remember what kept you up last night. Because the longer something is buried, the longer it has time to inflict more punishment and more pain. So get straight before you go to sleep, guys. Trouble managing your emotions. Little things tick you off. And this is not condemnation. This is, see what I do, if you look at all my teachings, I always show you where you can identify whether you are in that situation or not. Because we lie to ourselves, don't we? Am I lying on anybody else? <laughs> so if, if I give you enough data to allow you to know you fit one of these categories, not only do you have trouble managing your emotions, but you have trouble acknowledging it. Somebody say, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I, mean, you just, I just said it, didn't it? Yeah, I'm okay. Why you ask me? Because <laughs> you don't seem okay. <laughs> Can't have sleep problems. Have trouble going to sleep. And it's not, when you finally do, it's not restful sleep. It's interrupted sleep. I'm not talking about bathroom breaks. I'm talking about it's just rough. You toss and turn all day long. And I'm going to give you a command, not a, a thought. And I say, in the name of Jesus, never say to a person, you should be over this by now. That's a command coming from your pastor. You should, you should be over this by now. It's been 30 years. It's been 40 years. Well, you're not over it. It's almost like telling a person not to grieve. And I teach in sessions. Grief is a personal experience. This child, and the mom passed, this child might, you know, had a different relationship with mom than you do. So it might take longer, but it's a personal thing. So never tell the person, you should be over it by now. After all, you're a Christian. Uh-oh. on anybody? Some of y'all have heard this stuff. That's why, I, that, that's why people in churches normally don't go to their pastor to let them know they're depressed. Because some people will say, well, you should know the word by now. You got to pray. I mean, you should be able to pray. You should be able to read the word. But do you understand the situation, the depression causes you to be clouded by what you read? I don't want to read that part because I should be that instead of 
Hey, man, I need help. Help me pray. Help me read. Help me forgive. What steps can we take? Acknowledge where we are. See, you can't get help until you acknowledge where you are. Where are you? Where are you? You in pain? Okay, okay, I heard you. Go get the kids over there. Go get the teachers over there. I got it. It's covered. They don't want to come bring them anyway. <laughs> this is war, guys. You know what war is? Somebody loses and somebody wins. Somebody lives and somebody dies. I had a teacher come to me for a session. See, knowledge is power. His anointing in our life is power. So this teacher was talking to her, and I got approval from her. She was talking to another teacher, and this girl runs down the hallway and hits her, and she spins around. The teacher spins around and, and almost falls back, and, and another teacher grabs her. And that's the force by which this girl was running down the hallway and hit her. It uh, causes her arm, her shoulders to all swell up. She had to go to the emergency room, and the doctors are still working with. The swelling is, this is week number two. And, um, of course, the young lady was called into the office, and, and uh, you know, they're they going to suspend her and so forth and so on. But when she found out who it was that she hit, she was surprised. She said, I didn't mean to hit her. I didn't know it was her. But I'm going to take you to a place. So as I'm talking to the teacher, the teacher said that the girl called her and, and apologized and said, well, can, can, we, can we meet? Can we talk? This is what the girl said, because she's a senior. And so in that session with the teacher, she said, well, you know, I'm just going to ask her, what's wrong? Why are you so, no, she said, I'm going to ask her, what's wrong? What happened? And I said, no, don't ask her that. I said, asked her, how long has she been angry with herself? Because see, you only answer what people ask you. I said, ask her, how long has she been angry with herself? So when the teacher came back in for her next session, she was talking about what happened. She said, the girl was talking. The girl was apologizing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do this. Such, 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 such. And then all of a sudden, the teacher asked her what I told her to ask. She said, how long have you been angry with yourself? The girl began to sob. Because if you're in a situation of depression, you try to hide what you feel. But I knew that if that question was asked, because nobody would have asked that. The girl began to share about being molested 
by a lover in the house. She began to share how often it's gone on and how she tried to share it with family. And, you know, you a liar. But one question from God solved the problem. Now they're working on how they can get help behind the scenes. So uh, Generation J and J2, reason why I call you guys over here, plus the teachers, is because I'm talking about depression. I'm talking about situational depression. Depression is an emotion that goes on the inside. It makes you sad. It makes you angry. It makes you irritable. And so today, we're going to be, there's going to be a time to come up and be prayed for. And I just want you to know, today is not the time to hide. Today is the time to be free. And it's going to start with a seed. The seed is, you're allowing God to awaken on the inside of you, your true emotions, your true feelings, your true disappointments that you have hid for a time. So I just want to let you know, I'm not sure when it's going to happen. It's for me calling people up. But I want you to turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor, no, y'all good. I'm just talking to them right now. <laughs> turn, so I'm talking to Generation J and J2. Turn to your neighbor. Just pick a neighbor. Say, if anything's wrong and I need to be healed of depression, I'm going to go up. And, and I don't care what you think about it because I'm coming up for myself. I would like for you to come with me. So acknowledge where you are. Where you are, guy? Where are you? Are you sad? Are you disappointed? Are you frustrated? And how long has that gone on? And, and, and I just heard, and I got to say what I heard. I'm talking to parents, parents that are frustrated with the truth. I'm, I'm trying not to look at nobody because that way you, you won't say, uh, he's talking to me. <laughs> parents are frustrated. And I'm not excluding anybody, but I got to say, I said parents, that's man and woman. But women are extremely hard on themselves because the child started out on the inside of them. But their thinking is, sometimes, if I did the best that I could, how come my child is like this? Because everybody has a mind. And whatever behavior that seems to be out of whack has always worked. So why not continue to use it? If me getting angry makes you change your decision as a parent, then I'll just get angry. 
If crying makes you change your mind, then what I'll do is I'll just cry more. If isolating myself works, then I'll just isolate. But mothers, I'm asking you to forgive yourselves. Because my Bible says that God sets before us life and death, blessings and cursing, and he tells us to choose. He tells us to choose. So we can train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they, they're older, they will not depart from it. So what, it, what the word specifically means is that you do the best you can do. But see, they can depart. Because uh, 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 anybody in here not a sinner? Any, anybody in here just walk the straight line? Oh. <laughs> but our parents told us the right way to go, and we just chose a different way. We chose the secrets. Y'all know what secrets are, right? They'll never find out, but they already know. My mama told me, she said, is that you boys sneaking out on the, on the roof? Because, you know, we had a roof that, you know, I mean, a front porch, and, and my room was right over top of that, you know. So I just climbed out on the, on the porch, on the, on the roof, and I jumped off. And that's how I went out to do what I needed to do. So I thought. And see, then we had the type of rails where, you know, you got decorative rails. So I just used the rails as a ladder. I'm talking to you, children. Your pastor not what, what he, what I am now, that's a miracle. But what I was then, that's up. But, but see, she was cool with it, though. You know how you just sitting there eating breakfast? And, and in our culture, when your parents call you boy or girl, that's serious business. And that, that's what you said. We're sitting there eating breakfast. She said, boy, that's you walking across the roof. <laughs> She had the time on it, too. She put the time on it. She put the time down on it. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> so that put an end to that, because <laughs> you, you don't want nobody to know, especially your parents, because, you know, they're they doing, doing good, hard work for you. So I'm still asking you, acknowledge where you are. Next one. Where do you want to be? You get to determine where you want to be. Where do you want to be? What is that emotion saying? See, it's okay to see where you are, but don't see it worse than you are. That's what I'm talking about, situational depression. It will grab and it will show you another version of you. And it's not to bring healing, it's to bring condemnation. Where do you want to be? Y'all just shout it out. Where do you want to be? Free. Appreciate your honesty. At peace? What else? Retired? Okay. Say again. Living in the presence. In the presence. Present time. Living in the present. So your emotions, what emotions am I feeling? What emotions do I want to feel? And how fast do I want to feel it? That's a decision. Do I need to say that slower? Do I say it too fast? But guys, everything is going to come down to our thoughts and our emotions. We can't have a thought without having an emotion. 
You have the, the thought first, and then the emotion will come from the thought. So you get to ask yourself, but you got to locate what it is. What, what, what emotion am I feeling? That's one word. What emotion do I want to feel? If you're feeling sad, what do you want to feel? Y'all holler it out at me. What do you want to, if you're feeling sad, what do you want to feel? Holler. Joy. Okay. Okay. And then how, how fast do I want to feel that? How fast do I want to feel that joy? Okay. How do we get there? We have to have our minds renewed. There's no other way. Acknowledge where we are. Psalms 34, verse 18. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. He'll help you catch your breath. And see, some people have challenges acknowledging that their heart is broken. I'm okay. But you're not. You're not okay. You stopped being okay a while ago. See, if the enemy can get your heart, he got your life. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Psalms 42, 11. Why are you in despair, oh my soul? Remember what I just said? But we got to find out where we are. He's asking it. David's asking his soul. Why are you in despair? So he acknowledged what, what, what the emotion was. And why have you become restless and troubled, disturbed within? Now, this is, you know, um, Candace, thanks so much for, for singing my song. Now, now I got a new song. <laughs> See, guys, you'd be amazed at what worship does to you. Worship brings you where you need to be. Brings you where you need to be. Because when you start listening to worship, you start seeing things a little different. Start crying in your car. <laughs> Um, name of this song is uh, what is it? More than able, more than able. What's the group? G give me my about uh, elevation. And they got one video where you can look at them singing it, and then there's another video where you can see the lyrics. You want to see the lyrics, then you can go back to them singing it. Let me tell you what the words say. When did I start to forget all the great things you did? When did I throw away faith for the impossible? How did I start to believe you weren't sufficient for me? Why do I talk myself out of seeing miracles?
tell you guys, that song is incredible. Because we sing miracles. Each, there's not a person here that didn't see a miracle from God. Your daily life is a miracle. But he won't, he, he won't fix that. He can't increase your finances. He can't increase your life. He can't heal your child. He can't give you a job. He can't. So when did I start to forget all the great things you did? When did I throw away faith for the impossible? How did I start to believe you weren't sufficient for me? Why did I talk myself out of seeing miracles? Every day is a miracle. And let's just take it where it is. Every moment is a miracle. So, Father, we just say thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your miracles. Because you loved us enough. You can shift things around. You can say, hey, 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 Paul, you were going to teach on this, but I want you to teach on this. Because I'm here. His presence is here. His healing is here. His compassion is here. And the thing about his healing that I love is you don't have to earn it. You just have to receive it. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I taught what you told me to teach. You said I didn't have to do the whole thing. Just, just, just get me to a place where they have faith for what was just spoken. I bind shyness. I bind the, fear of, the spirit of fear that says I'll be teased or people won't think that I am as sophisticated as, as I let on to be. But I thank you, Father, that I see the image of that flight attendant that has the mask on. And she said, put the mask on yourself first and then help somebody else. So we've been helping others and we forgot about ourselves. I thank you for love. That you manifest yourself in such a way. Every Sunday that I get up, I always say as I'm worshiping, Holy Spirit, what you want to do? And you showed what you wanted to do. You wanted to bring healing to your people. From a hidden fear. You wanted to bring deliverance to your people. Your children. Because you loved them. And Father, we thank you in advance that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us will be shown to be in the wrong. We thank you, Father, that your word clearly says to call on my name and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things that you knew not. So I thank you, Father, in advance that while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, in this sanctuary and worldwide, there's three steps, A, B, C, A, 
accept him, B, believe in him, and C, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, for those in the sanctuary that are sitting in the chairs, if you guys can say in agreement with me, Father, in the name of Jesus, you said in Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, I'm saved. I'm born again. I have eternal life. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. Please visit our website, ChosenRVA.com, and check in with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at ChosenRVA. We hope you'll join us again soon.